Chapter Eleven of the Sign of Silence by William Lequeux. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Tom Weiss. Chapter Eleven, in which an allegation is made. I stood aghast at her words. I strove to induce her to speak more openly and to tell me why I should not regard Frida as my friend, but she only laughed mysteriously, saying, "Wait, and you will see." you make a distinct charge against her therefore i think you ought to substantiate it i said in a tone of distinct annoyance ah mr royal heed my words i beg of you but tell me is miss shand the same person as you have denounced as digby's enemy i asked in breathless apprehension surely you will tell me mrs petrie now that we are friends ah but are we friends she asked looking at me strangely beneath the light of the street lamp in that deserted thoroughfare where all was silence save the distant hum of the traffic the dark trees above stood out distinct against the dull red night glare of london as the mysterious woman stood before me uttering that query because we are mutual friends of sir digby's i hope i may call you a friend i replied as calmly as i was able she paused for a moment in indecision then she said you admit that you are friendly with the girl shand eh certainly more than friendly i wonder she asked in a sharp tone well i'll be perfectly frank was my answer i am engaged to be married to her married she gasped to her are you mad mr royal i think not i answered greatly surprised at her sudden attitude why because because she replied in a low earnest voice scarce above a whisper because before you take such a step make further inquiry inquiry about what i demanded about well about what has occurred at harrington gardens then you know i cried you know the truth mrs petrie no she replied quite calmly i know from this letter what must have occurred there but who killed the girl i cannot say who was the girl they found dead i asked breathlessly ah uh, how can i tell i did not see her in a few quick words i described the deceased but either she did not recognize her from the description, or she refused to tell me. In any case, she declared herself in ignorance. The situation was galling and tantalizing. I was so near discovering the truth, and yet my inquiries had only plunged me more deeply into a quagmire of suspicion and horror. The more I tried to extricate myself, the deeper I sank. But whoever the poor girl may have been, you still maintain that frida shand was digby's most deadly enemy i asked quickly setting a trap for her i took her unawares and she fell into it yes was her prompt reply an instant later however realizing how she had been led to make an allegation which she had not intended she hastened to correct herself saying ah no of course i do not allege that i-i only know that digby was acquainted with her and that well i asked slowly when she paused that that he regretted the acquaintanceship regretted why the woman shrugged her shoulders all along she had been cognizant of the tragedy yet with her innate cleverness she had not admitted her knowledge a man often regrets his friendship with a woman she said with a mysterious air what i cried fiercely do you make an insinuation that my dear mr royal she laughed i make no insinuation it was you who have endeavored to compel me to condemn her as digby's enemy you yourself suggested it but you have told me that his fiercest and most bitter enemy was a woman certainly but i have not told you that woman's name 
nor do i intend to break my vow of secrecy to digby fugitive that he may be at this moment yet depend upon it he will return and crush his enemies in the dust i hope he will was my fervent reply yet i love frida shand and upon her there rests a terrible cloud of suspicion she was silent for a moment still standing beneath the lamp gazing at me with those big dark eyes at last she said the way out is quite easy how if you have any regard for your future put your love aside was her hard response you hate her i said knitting my brows yet recollecting the proof i had secured of her presence in digby's flat yes was her prompt response i hate her i have cause to hate her what cause that is my own affair mr royal my own secret find digby and he will no doubt tell you the truth the truth concerning frida yes but he knew i was engaged to her why did he not speak and expose her secret she asked would he have acted as a gentleman had he done so does a man so lightly betray a woman's honour a woman's honour i gasped staring at her staggered as though she had struck me a blow what do you mean i mean nothing was her cold reply take it as you may mr royal only be warned but if digby knew that she was worthless he would surely have made some remark to arouse my suspicion i exclaimed why should he she queried a true gentleman does not usually expose a woman's secret i saw her point and my heart sank within me were these scandalous allegations of hers based upon truth or was she actuated by ill-feeling perhaps indeed of jealousy we walked on again slowly until we reached st james's palace and passed out into the end of Hall mall where it joined st james's street yet her attitude was one of complete mystery i was uncertain whether the admission she had unconsciously made regarding frida that she was digby's worst enemy was the actual truth or not one thing was plain this mrs petrie was a clever far-seeing woman of the world who had with great ingenuity held from me her knowledge of the crime a problem was therefore presented to me by what means could she be aware of it first she had expected to meet digby that evening secondly the letter i had brought was written before the assassination of the unknown girl how could she have obtained knowledge of the affair if it were not premeditated and hinted at in the letter i had so faithfully delivered halfway up st james's street my companion suddenly exclaimed i must be going would you please hail me a taxi mr royal i will when you have answered my question i said with great politeness i have already replied to it was her response you love frida shan but if you have any self-respect any regard for your future break off whatever infatuation she has exercised over you if you are digby's friend you will be a man and act as such i really don't follow you i said bewildered perhaps not but surely my words are plain enough is she the enemy of digby of whom you have spoken that question i have not permitted to answer i was silent a few seconds then i asked earnestly tell me openly and frankly mrs petrie is she the person you suspect of having committed the crime she gave vent to a short dry laugh really mr royal she exclaimed you put to me the most difficult riddles how can i possibly suspect anyone of a crime of which i know nothing and of which even the papers appear to be in ignorance but you are not in ignorance i said how pray did you learn that a tragedy had occurred 
Ah, she laughed, that is my secret. You were very careful not to tell me the true cause of poor Digby's flight. Yes, Mr. Royal, I congratulate you upon your ingenuity in protecting the honor of your friend. Rest assured he will not forget the great services you have already rendered him. I looked for no reward. He was my friend, was my reply. Then, if he was your friend, and you are still his, heed my warning concerning Frieda Shan. But tell me what you know, I cried, clutching her arm as we walked together. You don't understand that you are making allegations, terrible allegations, against the woman I love dearest in all the world. You have made an assertion, and I demand that you shall substantiate it, I added in frantic anxiety. She shook off my hand angrily, declaring that nothing more need be said, and adding that if I refused to heed her, then the peril would be mine. But you shall not leave me until you have furnished me with proof of these perfidious actions of my love, I declared vehemently. Mr. Royal, we really cannot use high words in the public street, she replied in a low tone of reproof. I am sorry that I am not permitted to say more. But you shall, I persisted. Tell me, what do you know? Is Digby the real Sir Digby? Of course he is. And what are his exact relations with Frida? Ah, she laughed. You had better ask her yourself, Mr. Royal. She will no doubt tell you. Of course she will. Well, if you are to marry her. But there, I see that you are not quite responsible for your words this evening. It is perhaps natural in the circumstances. Therefore, I will forgive you. Natural? I echoed. I should think it is natural that I should resent such dastardly allegations when made against the woman I love. All I repeat is, go and ask her for yourself was the woman's quiet response, as she drew herself up and pulled her fur more closely about her throat. "'I really can't be seen here talking with you in that garb,' she added. "'But you must tell me,' I persisted. "'I can tell you no more than I have done. The girl you love will tell you everything, or, at least, if you have a grain of ingenuity, as you no doubt have, you will find out everything for yourself.' "'Ah, but, no, not another word, please, Mr. Royal, not to-night. If, after making inquiry into the matter, you care to come and see me when I am back in Park Mansions, I shall be very happy to receive you. By that time, however, I hope we shall have had news of poor Digby's whereabouts. If I hear from him, as I expect to, how can I communicate with you? I asked. For a few seconds she stood wondering. Write to me to Park Mansions, she replied. My letters are always forwarded. And raising her umbrella, she herself hailed a passing taxi. "'Remember my warning,' were her final words as she gave the man an address in Regent's Park, and entered the conveyance. "'Go and see Frida Shand at once, and tell her what I have said.' "'May I mention your name?' I asked hoarsely. "'Yes,' she replied. "'Good night.' And a moment later I was gazing at the red back lamp of the taxi, while soon afterwards I again caught a glimpse of the same lonely seller of shawls whom I had seen at the tube station, trudging wearily homeward, there being no business doing at that hour of the evening. End of chapter 11. Recording by Tom Weiss. Tom's Audiobooks.com.